It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we're... Friday Night Games. We want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by educating and entertaining you through our board gaming adventures. Our podcast lands every Friday, and we create content for Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. This episode is sponsored by TabletopRenaissance.ca, located in our hometown of Windsor, Ontario, Canada. They have a new web store, so check out TabletopRenaissance.ca for your board game and tabletop miniature needs. Hey everyone, and welcome to episode 4 of Friday Night Games' Last Game Standing. Starting with 5 games chosen by 5 amazing content creators, one game will be voted off each week until there's only one game left. On the last show, we had guest Dice and Dragons, and we ended up voting off Fort. What the heck? Yeah. It was, a, it was a surprise on everyone's part, I think. But afterwards, we had a great conversation about IP games, and Jason is very knowledgeable in this area. He loves, was it Power Rangers? He loves, like, every IP Everything. game. Power Rangers is Anime games game. are his thing, too. Him and Japan anime. But yeah, definitely make sure you check out the last three episodes. They're really good and funny and there's only two episodes left so this is the second last episode left of the series so there's only three games left right now and we're gonna vote off another one tonight right there also might be another episode after yeah Yeah. we're gonna have like a recap episode with two of our uh our instagram followers they also follow us a lot on twitch twitch yeah we don't do that anymore but they were like our two people who were always on so yeah so we're excited okay so on today's show we're joined by norman ryan of bridge city board gamers say hello hey folks (laughs) (laughs) they bring their own sound effects this is awesome (laughs) Nice. <laughs> I have no idea where that came from. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm just, we got, we got, we're building the hype. It's exciting. We're, we're like one of the last three, man. Yeah. I can't believe we're still in this. <laughs> yeah, I know. You guys are still yeah. in, which is awesome. I don't know why you can't believe it. It's clearly made it this far. And you beat out Fort, which I thought might have went to the final round. So good job. There we go. There you go. I have, to, I have to say, I feel so. I feel sorry here about that. So, <laughs> you, know, I, you know, that we, that, we <laughs> that someone has to go, right? Yeah, I feel really, I, I feel a big Canadian sorry coming on too. And I'm sorry that you guys made it so far and have to do all this work for us. <laughs> uh. All the yeah. work's done. I'm I sorry it's not a, yeah, yeah. I, I apologize if it's not the quality that you guys you know, are used to so. No, no it's, it's great. Excellent quality. Okay, so today they're going to help us vote off one of three games that are left, which are what, John? Merv, which elected by Bridge City Board Gamers, Rallyman GT, elected by Room 51, and Aeons and Outcast, elected by Dyson Dragons. Okay, so Ryan and Norm, tell everyone where they could find Bridge City Board Gamers. Okay, so where can you find us? Let's hear. We got we're we're a po- weekly podcast called Cardboard Conjecture. It releases every Saturday, and you can find us on all of the podcasting thingamajiggers that are out there. What is it like? iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the things. All if you listen to podcasts, all of them. It, yeah, all 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 of them. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have our main social media platform is that we're very active on Twitter. Every now and then I hop onto Instagram. 
both at BC Board Gamers. And we also got a YouTube channel, BC Board Gamers, Bridge City Board Gamers. There is stuff up on there. And now that the summer break is happening for us huh. teachers, nice. we can actually start pumping out some more content onto there this summer. So nice. Looking we'll get a to little, it. yeah, get a little two month like explosion of stuff. And then like next 10 months, like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Feast or famine. Feast or famine. That's, that's. <laughs> That's our media production hey, philosophy. Teachers are really busy, so thank you for educating those kids, especially during this really hard time. I'm assuming most of your stuff was online, so I'm sorry about your luck there. Yeah, well, I, I, I apologize to all my students already for the lack of education that may have happened this year. Yeah, <laughs> well, it was we, more survival. Yeah, it, yeah. it was my kids' first year of school, so, so they were in JK, and the other day we got to say goodbye to bye to their teacher. Zuh. And I was like, man, I feel so bad for you because Ontario government has made it very difficult to be teachers the last two or three years. So the fact that like they've been resilient through this entire pandemic with all the crap they had to put up with prior to that, I just like, I, I just said I thank you guys so much for everything you've done. You know, made made this year as good as you can make it, and they're like so appreciative. Anyway. Side note. So thank oh. thank you too, because honestly, it's well, a, thanks, man. It's a tough job. Yeah. I've been there, I've done it, and it's a really tough job. So I'm assuming this was just double the toughness. So thank yeah, you. I feel like I got. I feel I feel like over the last twelve years of teaching, I've also could probably have an acting degree. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. why the two of you are good at podcasting. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. right? Like <laughs> teachers have become very good improvisationists. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually, when I was a substitute teacher, my my joke was that. Every time I was up in front of a class, it was just the same comedy routine over and over. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same jokes and everything. I had a group of kids convinced one year that I said, I don't actually have a teaching degree. I just showed up one day, started teaching, and they just gave me a job. And they it's totally like, believed me. It's like Kramer and Seinfeld. I don't actually work here. <laughs> so you guys do, well, you started to do a really cool segment on your show, which is Cardboard Conjecture. So you started doing the hype train. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Woo-hoo. So well, actually, before we get into that, I just want to really yeah. apologize for not having the two of you on sooner. <laughs> I am actually really sorry. I just want to say that we suck <laughs> and we are really slow at doing things. Like we, we schedule people. There's actually one person who's going to be on the show in August. And we scheduled her, like, I want to say, like, September last year. Yeah. That's how slow we are. So thank you for doing this. We apologize, like, sincerely. This is an apology competition, isn't it? It really is, yeah. <laughs> bring it, bring okay, it on. Well, all right. Well, sorry about that. Um, so <laughs> I basically, I think I just walked into Ryan's, because we teach together. So I walked into Ryan's classroom and I went, hey, I got this idea, which usually is the conversations that start him giggling, going, okay, okay. So it was just this idea of having the opportunity to talk about some of your favorite games that are like not even on, they're not even near the ballpark. They're so outside of the ballpark. And just in the past like six years, all the volume of games, and not to say that that's a bad thing, but just like the music industry, right? There's just some college band that you've never heard of that, that you know, just scratches that itch in your brain. And the only way that you're going to know about it is if people talk about it. So I thought, what, and there was two objectives to that. One was, yeah, let's, let's, you know, talk about games that I've never heard of that I need to know. And two, to have an opportunity to have a lot of the, this new community, uh, you know, have some opportunity for us to talk face to face. And this is exactly the outcome that I was looking for with the, and, that, with that, what you been playing initiative. And, and, and point number three, spend Ryan's money. Oh, yes. And <laughs> see, that was the meta. It was like, can so I get meta. Ryan to buy a game every episode? 
And so far, I think I think it's yeah. <laughs> I think it's been close. (laughs) That's awesome. Actually, so back to that community point, I think like the Canadian community that we've created, well, definitely the, actually, sorry, the Canadian community that you've created is amazing. There is a lot of us now and we're doing like great things. In fact, we're doing all weekly segments together on the What You've Been Playing Wednesday. So definitely check that out. That's through the Cardboard Conjecture podcast. And I think it's amazing. I think that like the group that we're creating is fantastic. Oh, I'm having so much fun. To me, it was, again, it was in the hallway. Hey, Ryan, I got this idea. And then, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And then, and then just one day, just that one day, like Christmas break, I'm just like, okay, Norm, I'm pulling the trigger. I'm, oh, inviting, yeah. every, I'm inviting everybody. <laughs> okay, see, what, so what, what can was, we do here? That was so funny. I'm like, okay, so I was thinking about that that idea that I had. And he goes, oh, yeah, I invited them. <laughs> okay, so I guess we're doing it then. All right, so I guess January 1st, we're starting. And And I mean, like you guys know, with content creation, you can have great ideas till the cows come home. But unless you sit down and, and put the work in or uh, just actually take a step forward i mean if if you probably the same opinion go back and listen to our first episode and it's like oh wow man there we, we there's no pocket like a like a, a band starting out a drummer and a bass player you got to find that pocket right so mm-hmm. it took us a few episodes to find that groove to find that format or that you know that the little uh chemistry kind of thing man i i really love the like how you how you did pull the trigger on that because yeah. it's really brought together all us as a community so like friends you're on our show we've been on your show but also like all the other people are kind of interacting with each other and they're right. trying to do things with each other which i think is fantastic yeah and going back on your point where like you just gotta pull the trigger on stuff i know that's matt and i are trying to find some new ways of doing some of our content and trying to figure out how YouTube's going to work, work out for us. Cause it's a lot of work to do video stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, we both work full time and I've got two kids and I'm in school. So it's like, it's tough to find that content creating time. Yeah. Got so much other stuff going on. Yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll, we'll try something fun and see if it works. Yeah. And, and yeah. definitely need to like, so backing up your point there, if you don't do, you're never going to figure out what you like doing or how easy it is either so like we have a bunch of different things on youtube that we've done but and some of them have taken off and some of them haven't but then we're like oh that's still a lot of work so i don't really want to keep doing this (laughs) (laughs) i like i like the podcasting it's a lot of fun Uh i like writing scripts cool anyways anyway so back to this whole segment here what did you think of my hipster list and and just lay it on me like make fun of me whatever you want go for it my hipster list of games for this Okay, well, I okay, I didn't have like a huge issue with like the history because I actually I actually had played, I, I can't remember what you were calling for originally. It was like, oh yeah, like, who's played like five to six of these, mm-hmm. and they they weren't they weren't obscure titles. No, like, yeah. I, I had heard of I had heard of all of them. I'm just like, oh, I've only played like two or three of those. Is two or three okay? And I type, I remember typing <laughs> that message, and then you guys mentioned like. Everybody just re- responded to us. Oh, I played like one or two of those. I played one <laughs> or two of those. <laughs> That's what well, we, we got. Obscure titles. That's what we yeah. got. Obscure titles. Yeah, I think and... it was. A, it was probably like a very difficult list to to develop, considering the isolation pandemic factor, right? Mm-hmm. You know, first of all, a lot of people say just trying to, you know, trying to like as we described, trying to get our jobs done and all this other stuff done. And if you have any extra time, you're probably just recharging your battery. So. For me, when I looked at that list, I thought, 
I want to play that one. 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 I want to play. Yeah. So it was, it wasn't a matter of it's like not interested in the list was like, oh, I wish, I wish I could, you know, play these games. If I, you know, if I threatened my family with dad or else. Right. But I think, I think once again, like we talked about content development, once you guys understood, like Ryan and I as teachers, when we do unit planning or lesson planning, it's like, well, this is what I wanted, but the, the students kind of did not want that or kind of I had to steer it into a different direction. And I think that what you guys, what you guys pivoted, you, you pivoted into a real cool direction. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, that actually came from my teaching days. The exact same philosophy that you talk about, I actually did in, into this because I'm like, I'm like, if I, I, I want to do this, this is a great idea. Yeah. I needed to get it out there, but if it needs to change, then so be it. Yep. Including my voting today. There we go. <laughs> and, and the best part is Matt did all the work. I'm just participating as much as you guys are. So Matt's well, Matt, I, Matt wrote everything. It was Matt's game picks and every, like I had no say. Yeah. Well, you had a little bit of say. And then I told we you wanted. that we're not doing that game. And then, yeah. <laughs> so, sorry. And, and, and if I've listened to the past episodes correctly and everything like that, I'm an outlier where I think that Dune Imperium and Lost Ruins of Arnak are great games. I don't think that they were the best game. Oh, this is a good segue. So, what is the best game so, then? For me? Yeah. So I released, I, so at the end of the year on New Year's Eve, I always release my top 10 of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I do a countdown starting at 3 p.m. all the way to midnight of the top 10. And so, and I, when I look back at that done today, I think my number one still is number one. That was Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion. Nice. Nice. I actually remember that list. Yeah. Now that now that you mentioned it, I remember that list. Lost Lost Runes of Arnak was on that list. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so were some so were some of the other games that were on your hipster list too. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, like for me, Jaws of the Lion, it's been so tough for me to get to that get that on the table because you know, I don't have a game room at my house, so I play at my kitchen table. I can't just leave it set up. So mm -hmm. it's very it's like time intensive to put it up and then I have like an hour to maybe play a game to myself and i was playing it solo so it's tough for me to get into it but i really want to yeah so you know, we we played it i played it with my wife it was actually the first her introduction to the gloomhaven so i'm like hey do you want a gloomhaven with me now and she's like <laughs> she's like just just slow down just slow down like, I, I'll, I'll entertain you for these 20 scenarios or so but she's like 80 what like like 90 what no yeah. no i can't play that game that that many times yeah i i, I try to get my wife to play to play some new games, but her excuse is, "I don't want to. I don't want to learn a new board game tonight." Oh, I See, hear that one quite often. I'm yeah. I'm very persistent. <laughs> Ryan's strategy with that was to get her, you know, dip your toe into Jaws of the Line because, you know, Frostgrave's coming real soon. <laughs> what is it Frost called? Frost Frostgrave? Did I say Frostgrave? Frosthaven. 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 Yeah. Man, I, I got like RPG stuff stuck in my head. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Norma? Was your uh, what was your favorite game of 2020? Ah, uh, you know, I got to agree. Like, like, there's nothing. There's nothing that I'm. Yeah, it's got to be Jaws of the Line for me too, because I'm. I have the ability to keep it set up, so. I think one day I banged through, it was basically sitting and sitting and sitting and finally I put it on the table and then pushed through six scenarios in one wow. sitting kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. How many hours is that? I don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> They're about a half hour to an hour each scenario, right. maybe more. Okay. Yeah. So it's like yeah. Three to six. That's not yeah. terrible. Yeah. No. Especially when it's two in the morning. It's like, I should go to bed. I got to work in the morning. <laughs> Sound yeah. like me. 
<laughs> well, I, I, I did bring Jaws Lion on vacation with me last year, and I played through three scenarios while I was on vacation because I was able, to, I was able commitment. to leave it up because we were kid-free. So yeah. it was good. But my wife didn't want to play with me. I'm at a constant dilemma. I'll, I'll go to set it up, and then I'll look at it and go, well, I need to paint these minis first. So I'll <laughs> like, start painting, and then like, well, i got to close these books up because I don't want any paint on the books. Okay, so And then all this is... Okay, I'm just painting minis now. So that's <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I don't have I don't have the attention span for painting minis. I don't have that. <laughs> it's it's tough. It's tough. It's fun though. All right. So are we all ready to vote a game off? Yes. Okay, we are left with Merv, Rallyman GT, and Aeon's End Outcast. Let's vote a game off. I really like this. I think we should like. Like, Norm, you don't mind being on every episode? You just do, like, <laughs> sound effects. Is that cool? I just want to remind you that I've had way too much coffee already. <laughs> I had a lot of coffee today, too. I, 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 I cut myself down to one a day, and now I think I had about seven today. So, Well, if I just feed you, nice. like, both coffee, you just, like, do sound effects? I'm up for that. Sounds sure, great. Sure, sure. <laughs> <laughs> the question of today's episode that we're going to discuss is, what mechanic in the game blew your mind describe originality describe uniqueness describe how you felt learning that mechanic okay let's listen to everybody's answers i'm jason i'm julie and together we're dyson dragons so what mechanic blew our mind about aeons and outcasts i mean we alluded to it a little bit i'm gonna talk about it a little bit because then i know you're gonna want to add a little bit more specificity to what i said but I think the number one thing for me is the fact that you don't shuffle your deck. So when you start gaining cards... Uh, this is a deck builder. In case you're just joining way late in the game, you should also go back and check out the other episodes. But just <laughs> thought I should mention it just in case. Some people like to do things like that. I don't know why. I like to follow things in order. But sometimes it's fun to skip to the end. He also likes to interrupt. So on that note... Hey, you didn't say deck building, and I tried to do it politely. Yeah. Annalise you know, in line with why I'm doing it as well. Anyway, take it away. So as you gain cards, you know, you can put them in, you put, put them in your discard pile, but also there is an order to how you play things. You know, you have to, you have to basically cast your spells first, and then the order you cast them in is the order you put them down. And then when you're out of cards, you basically fit, you flip your discard pile over and you start from the bottom becomes the top. So the order in which you play things basically is very important and comes back into play. And I think that the first time I was like, well, this is very odd. But once you get the hang of it, it's really important and comes into play. You can get all your powerful cards all at once if you, you know, you time your cards well. So for me, this is, it's, it's a very original and very cool mechanic. But you don't always want to get all your powerful cards at the same time. You really want to try to get it so that you get all the cards that work well together at the same time. And that can be very tricky because when you buy a card from the market, it then goes into your discard pile. And then you will get to place all of the gems that you've used in the order that you want back into your discard pile. So there's a lot of different things that you need to take into account. And that's where you might have to go for some risk versus rewards because some of the nemesis uh, abilities can be very nasty. They can force you to discard some of your very powerful spells, destroy those powerful spells, and can completely mess up your plan. But 
you may have that spell that, you know, you can do one damage to the nemesis, or you can get it to line up with another card that's gonna take that one damage up to three, four, or five. So maybe you don't cast it, but then you've gotta make a very tough decision sometimes because it may be that last damage you need to get rid of the minion that's on the board that might do some nasty damage to you and your fellow mages. And that's what I really love about the game is not just the fact that the deck building and not shuffling your deck are key is that it goes with everything else that's on the board. You have to really consider what's happening in terms of those nemesis cards, the minions, the power cards, which will slowly count down to triggering unless you spend a certain amount of ether in order to get rid of it, which definitely caused us to uh, lose some very powerful combos, but it's, you know, it's that risk versus reward. Do we get rid of this thing so that we can pull a powerful combo off a little later, or do we uh, go for the big combo now? And when you're trying to face off against a nemesis that maybe has like 60 to 70 health, you really need to make sure you're making the right decisions because you're not always gonna be able to get that health back. Now, fortunately in the game, if you do die, it's not the end for you because you just you get to play, but you are severely weakened. Now, if all players are defeated at least once, well, then that's it. Uh, it is game over. But the system itself is really cool. What also I would say specifically about Aeons and Outcasts that blew my mind was the addition of Zaxos. So you've been following this long enough now. We'll say who it is. It's fairly obvious if you look on the box as the character that you have to protect, but who's also a breach mage, one that fell to the forces of darkness and was the enemy in one of the previous installments. As So ally to enemy, back to ally. And what's really cool about him is that you can charge him up in order to cast very powerful spells from his deck that can just wreak a lot of havoc on the enemies, as well as potentially defend him or even heal up some of your allies. And that mechanic was really cool, combined with the light campaign aspect. What's really great about this game as well is that you can play it individually or go through the campaign. Now, since I talked about all of that, Julie, why don't you talk about the treasures and how do you feel about Saxos? Well, I thought it was pretty cool that what he could do. I love the fact that you always gain some treasures and some loot at the end of the game and that you have to make decisions, sometimes hard decisions about which ones you keep and which ones you don't. But I mean, I think that's that's part of the fun of the game. And what about Zaxos? I said, I think he's pretty cool. <laughs> Just pretty cool. You were always trying to power him up to like use that big blast of his to take out the nemesis. Yeah. Well, there you have it. Those are the mechanics that blew our mind on Aeon's End. If you're a deck building fan and cooperative game fan, you need to check this one out. And that's the end of episode four for Dice and Dragons. Hey there, this is Norm from Cardboard Conjecture and... Ryan from Cardboard Conjecture. We're back for question four, segment four of the Friday Night Games Invitation night. Games. games. So we are to Ryan. What game are we talking about? Merv, Heart of the Silk Road by Osprey Games. A beautiful Euro that has is dripping with theme. Yes, yes, like all good Euros. <laughs> so Norm. Yes. What makes this game unique? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. And I've used this term before, the matrix of of action programming i 
truly believe that this the city, which is composed of a five by five tile grid of five different tracks of the board, that that matrix, because you go once you travel the top, okay, so you, you so visualize a five by five grid, your first turn is selecting from the top whatever row of all these buildings are, you put a house down, you collect the resource associated with it. And as you continue through the game in the rows and columns, if you pick your buildings and let's say in one row, you have three of your buildings, well, you generate three resources. And here's the cool thing that I tried a couple of times in a solo game is you are also able to, if you go, let's say I'm on the side, I'm on the I'm on the eastern side and I'm and I'm selecting rows. I can select a row that has three of Ryan's buildings and I can pull resources from his, let's say, influence on that block. But he also gains a resource from the specific building that I want to do the action on, you know, the tracks. So yeah, that's a really cool thing. Whereas like I can activate yeah. somebody else's areas of influence. Yeah. That matrix is just blows my mind away because of the, of course, the variability on the setup, the, the configuration right. is, I mean, math teacher, that's some crazy permutations, isn't it? One thing that I <laughs> really enjoyed about this too, was that when you trigger an action, if you chose, if you choose to do like say the mosque track or the building of the walls action, yeah, you don't just do the action once. You can do it as many times yeah. as you can afford or that you want. Yeah. That is something you don't see very often. It's like, hey, I'm gonna just, hey, I've got a pile of resources here. I'm just gonna just keep taking that. I'm gonna trigger the mosque track and I'm just gonna go up, 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 and up. Yeah. Or if you go to the marketplace, I got a whole bunch of cubes. I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna do cash stuff. them in for all of these resources that yeah. I can that I can pull for. Fill, I can build some as, contracts and I can build as many wall segments as I want, or type of thing. So whatever you can afford, you can do on your turn, which is really quite crucial because, like we've mentioned before, you only get twelve turns in this <laughs> game. You want to make out the most out of anything that you do trigger. Yeah, and I mean like a, a good euro when you only have. 12 turns the 12th turn is going to be so different than your first first turn because you want to have had developed or planned or produced a cascade or 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 a windfall of resources every time you you trigger yeah. something yeah. Was that, was that something difficult to wrap your head around? Was that something like, like for me, that was brand new. Like when I usually trigger an action, you only get to do it once. Yeah. I can do it as many times. And sometimes in my early games, I forgot that I could do that multiple. I could do it multiple times in one, one go. So. Yeah. So uh, one question here that, that is re required of us to talk about um, is describe the originality. Now I can look at this from two different angles, a Euro resource game isn't really original but the way that they the way that they took the theme and created this this city and the city is the matrix of of potential possibilities of actions that to me it was, it was so original the only clo the closest thing i could see of this whole matrix and you picking whichever one the the game that we played at uh, falcon oh what is it called again Alm. Alm. Oh, Alm. Yes. Sorry for that pause. I had to look at my collection. But Alm, yeah, Alm has that, that three by three grid 
of you picking, okay, I get these three actions. This takes that idea in my head and explodes it onto a grand scale of a five by five grid. And that to me is so delicious. Yeah, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of really good things going for this game. It's doing things that I never thought possible in other Euro games. Yeah. Well, simply like the fact that I can trigger your buildings, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, yeah. So that's an and as I'm saying this, that's another uh, strategy I want to approach is I don't necessarily have to have a bunch of my buildings. Though. I mean, it scores me points, but maybe I... And that, that really flushes out in the higher player <laughs> counts when, when the population of that board is much more busy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think... Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's, what, that's what we believe are the most unique and original things about Merv. Heart of the Silk Road. Heart of the Silk Road. What's up, everyone? I'm Justin McCatch here with my brother, Matthew McCatch. Hey, hey, everybody. And we are Room 51, where we talk all things board gaming. And now in this episode, we're going to talk about what mechanic in Rallyman GT blew our mind. So this one's an interesting one. What what was the one you came up with? So for me, now, there's nothing in Rallyman GT that does exceptionally, like, different, right? It's not like I'm like whoa like a like a legacy game like you know the first legacy game to come out or something like that but for me i really liked the the rolling of the dice and the allocating of gears for those dice like so it's like you could have where you go up to gear two three four five whatever and then you could also like cruise along so there's these different kinds of dice you allocate them and then you decide, am I going to push my luck, right? Am I going to roll all of them? Will I spin out, right? I liked that a lot where you're, you're sort of, it's the dice placement almost, a, a dice allocation, and then a possible press your luck on top of that for a racing game, which I don't think has quite been done for a racing game before. So that's sort of the thing that I guess blew my mind, right? And, and drew me into this game. Yeah, actually, for me, it's kind of similar. And I agree, there's nothing about it that particularly blew my mind. But when reading the whole dice allocating and all that kind of stuff, I was very excited when I read about the the hard breaking dice, when you really want to, you know, slam down on the brakes entering the corner. So you're deciding, let me try to go from third year all the way down to first year very quickly for this corner. So now you have to roll this heartbreaking die that's going to make it extra tricky. So it's like it makes it possible to do something like that, but now you're adding an extra risk factor for you. And I really liked reading about that mechanic and then playing with that mechanic. That mechanic just feels so fitting to be like, this extra level of push your luck now in this racing game that made sense. You know, you're trying to really dive into the corner and it might not work out for you, but if you land it right, you're good. Yeah. I remember when, so Justin was the one who taught me this game. And I remember when he was teaching it to me, I was like, okay, that's cool. That's exciting. man. I like that. Like it, it brings the excitement of the race into the game, which I think a lot of racing board games don't necessarily have like that Mm -hmm. excitement, the thrill of like, Oh man, who's going to take it? Who's going to push in the lead. And then like having that also like the person who's like all the way in back, like they can make a comeback and, and you don't know. So like, I love that it brings that thrill of the game. 
So that is the thing that blew my mind. And that is also episode four. We will check you back here for episode (laughs) five for Friday Night Games. Yes. Okay, we're back. There's only three games left. Right. So this should be pretty fun. So let's vote. Let's just vote. And when you vote, I want to hear your defense. So just so everyone knows, everyone's going to be... So John's going to vote. Ryan's going to have a vote. Norm's going to have a vote. And then the other three content creators, which are Room 51, Dyson Dragons, and Girl Meets Nerd all had a single vote. And the tiebreaker today is going to be determined by whoever answered our Instagram story. So we, we switched it up. So Matt doesn't have to vote. Yeah, I actually have a, like, a really hard time voting. I'm just like, I don't want, I don't want to do it. Because I actually yeah. love all these games. I can't just like vote one off. Matt didn't think he was going to have to tie break as much as he has been. So. <laughs> Yeah, I was like maybe once. <laughs> and your Canadian kicks in. Yeah. You just you just feel so bad and sorry. <laughs> I do. So I so I say that every every episode that the guests vote first. Okay. Let's do it. Who wants to go first? <laughs> Age before beauty. Take it away, Norm. Oh. <laughs> See, and that's that's why I don't have my picture turned on cuz you know. Uh <laughs> So explain before I tell you who I vote. You, you can you can tell us who you vote and then explain immediately uh, after. See, well, okay. Here's the here's here's the thing because we're getting down to a very tight set of choices, right? Mm-hmm. And like you know, every Top Chef show that I watch, it gets down to the details, the small incidentals that you know that separate the 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 group. And for me. They were all so strong. The only thing that separated was this, I'm going to use one of my favorite words, this conundrum I had. <laughs> and and it was... A cardboard that, conundrum? Uh, hey, a cardboard conundrum. <laughs> that it was, it was that one of the games was already previously published as that same game. Mm-hmm. So... It's sort of like I don't. It's a clone, and 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 here's here's the thing. I love that game. I I'm currently playing no the game. legacy version of that game. Mm-hmm. It's my favorite deck builder. Mm-hmm. So that's where it. I just I'm so sorry, but I have to vote off Eon's End. And yes, Eon oh. is the proper way to pronounce it. Eon's End. Yeah. Eon's End. Yeah. I just learned something today. <laughs> I've been pronouncing <laughs> Aeon Zen forever, so well yeah, everybody does because because Rado did so, and I think that's you know. Oh, but I see. Yeah, if you if you Google it, and the American standard pronunciation is Eon, hmm. and I, think, I am probably two percent of the people that pronounce it that way. Uh, you and my wife. I think my wife called right. me out on it too. Yeah, she probably would. Yeah, so, <laughs> and that's the, and see, and that's the only reason. I feel so sorry, Jay. That's the only reason that I'm 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 gonna separate that one from the herd, is because it's. It's the it's yeah. It's, it's tough. It is really yeah. tough too. I mean, you could well. I'll, I'll let I'll let Ryan go first, and then I'll explain. You know, I'll let all three of you vote, and then I'll explain some things about all three games. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Ryan. What do you, what about you? Okay, well, I can I just say ditto. <laughs> he, he totally he totally stole all the exact same things that I was probably going to say about because we're we were talking about mechanics this time around and to make yourself stand out, and this was I I don't I don't know if there's much about this version of Eon's Eon now? Eon. <laughs> Eon Eon's end that would set it apart from all of the other ones. And so reusing a mechanic mm-hmm. 
was it yeah so i'm sorry jason julie we love you guys i'm voting off eon's end oh this is this is tough this is tough for me because listening to everyone's answers and then this is why you like going last eh? i do (laughs) no no listen sorry not everyone's answers for voting but listen to everyone's answers on what mechanic blew their mind and just to hear room 51 say i liked throwing dice (laughs) and i was like what no but what but what's gonna slide Rallyman GT into the next round for me is the gear shifting aspect yeah, of it. Mechanic. Mechanic yeah. of the gear shifting, which I really enjoyed when we played. I know it's just a dice chucker. I, I'm having a hard time putting forward a dice chucker again, but I'm going to have to <laughs> because of the gear shifting mechanic. So I'm going to agree with everyone else today, and Eon Zen is going to be my, my wow. vote. Wow. Just because. Whoa. Just because. They've used the same mechanic over yeah. again, right? There's and it's just, just too it, many deck builders this year. Yeah, I know. there's a lot of deck builders. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's a good game. I had fun playing it. I, you know, we were during the podcast episode last week. I purchased the game to to have it and <laughs> confirmed. Yep. So I mean, but I don't think I don't think it's it's gonna be our final in our final episode. I'm sorry. Sorry, Jason. And Julie. Wow, that's that's really interesting too. So just as a little note, Rallyman GT is actually not an original game either. Right. It's actually a re-implementation of 2008 game called Rallyman. Yeah. And uses all the same mechanics too. So it's interesting that Rallyman GT and Aeon Zen, which are both re-implementations, have made it this far. Merv is actually of the three is actually the most original. I mean, it, it's I mean, <laughs> original. It's a Euro game, you know. But the the grid. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, no, it is original. <laughs> there is nothing. There's nothing like Merv out there. There is not. No, there is not. It, it has it has a lot of sweet rules to it, and, and it's pretty complicated though. It's pretty complicated. I actually thought it was it was a, a retro game about Merv Griffin. So I was a little, a little taken off when I found out it was oh, about you, history. So you're disappointed, yeah. even though <laughs> I thought it was like game show, you know, seventies sequins, and you know, it wasn't. It was about you know pushing cubes, but I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I, so, and I, I agree with you too, Norm, on the very first point of top of Top Chef because I really love that show, and that was one of the inspirations for this. <laughs> yeah, it, it is like you're getting to the. Fu- I mean, honestly, all five was really hard to vote off any of them which is when i had to vote the previous episodes i was just like i don't want to do this and it actually took me off guard i'm like oh it's pretty clear this one's gonna go and then it didn't and then i'm like oh my oh my i have to vote now and i was just totally shocked and i'm like they're all good games for different reasons right so it's hard to put them all up against each other and it's and it's not like it's getting voted off because he paired fish with cheese right i mean it's (laughs) yeah taking it back yeah so on that note there's i don't have to vote perfect <laughs> and, we, and we did that poll for no reason no we did it for a for next time for next time too okay can we hear what everybody else voted yes yes we can so right okay. now right. we have so ryan has eon's end norm has eon's end john has aeon's end <laughs> <laughs> Girl Meets Nerd voted for Aeon's End, I think because they wanted their deck builder to win. So if their deck builder couldn't win, no deck builder can win. There you go. Room 51 <laughs> actually chose Merv. And what? And don't apologize to Jason and Julie because they also chose Merv. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they're, out, they're out for us. They, they voted for us like every week now, I think. Have they? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> 
I actually I know they voted off. I have the other sheet here. I can tell you who voted. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. One of them did vote for you last last episode. Yeah, they did. They voted for you every episode. <laughs> they have, they have it against the heroes. They have it against the heroes. Oh, yeah. Uh, but so anyway, so based on mechanic, so, okay, is Aeon's End, I get where everyone's coming from. It's a re-implementation, but I actually think Rallyman GT has the less mind-blowing mechanic out of those three games. That was, that was, that was, that was my runner-up vote. Yeah, because, I, I mean, it's just, it, John, you just said it. it was a, just, it's just a dice chucker. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, there's, so, there, there's something about it, though. It's a good game. Yeah. That's, that's what's about it. And the re-implementation, it's, even though it's re-implementation, it's still a very good game. Like, I love it, but I don't think it's, like, the most complicated game, which is actually a good thing. We don't want, like, necessarily a super complicated game. We want a game everyone can play, right? right. So maybe maybe that's why. But, man, I actually love Eon's End, too. So it was kind of sad to see it oh, go. I, I'm playing the Legacy. Like, I'm doing a solo play in the Legacy camp, and it's, I love it. It's Absolutely good. love it. It's good. Yeah, yeah. I played through that one, too probably see it behind me on my shelf but man and and i love like in the episode they mentioned how the deck you don't shuffle and i think that that yeah. is just so cool because like yeah you do you plan for it right you plan yeah. to pick cards on purpose and put them on the pile on purpose so you can get them sooner or line them up with other cards that make them more powerful and i think or, that or hold them back in your hand so that you can push it down into the into the running order a little bit more yeah, 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 and most deck builders don't have that. Most deck builders, you just play your hand. Yeah, you know, whatever you don't play gets discarded, right? And this one, it's like, oh, you're gonna, you know, you're, you you hold it so you get to plan to use it. And man, it's such, it's so, it's clever. Me, the the only one that comes close to it is like Bonanza in regards to you cannot, uh, you cannot organize the the order in which they come off the top of your deck. And I've always thought that that was an interesting tactical decision that you have to make every time. Yeah, yes, I, I, I agree. And I, I think it, it definitely adds to the gameplay. So it's, and you mentioned it's hard to like choose what game. And at this point, they're all so good. It's, I mean, they're all five games were fantastic, actually. So it is is definitely really hard to vote one off. But sorry, Jason and Julie, Aeon's End's gone. Now, would, would Merv be more thematic if a person put like happy faces on all the cubes? I so. I actually think Merv's pretty thematic. Am I crazy? <laughs> <laughs> I think Castles of Tuscany was not thematic. <laughs> actually, on that note, on that note, let's listen to the two losers. So let's listen to the mind blowing mechanics of Fort and the mind blowing mechanics of Castles of Tuscany. Hey there, I'm Megan, and I'm Tristan, and we're the co-hosts of the Girl Meets Nerd podcast. Here to tell you why Fort of Leader Games is the best game of 2020 and why it should be the last game standing. Shwing. Today we're talking about game mechanics and what makes Fort so fabulous. As we've mentioned before, the mechanics in this game make it incredibly easy to learn, but very difficult to win at because there's so many different ways that you can win the game and how you play other people and how you kind of mess up their strategy really impacts the game. But there were a couple mechanics that really blew our minds. So Tristan, what was yours? The mechanic that blew my mind in Fort is the stealing friends mechanic. Mm. So at the end of your turn, after you've played your cards or at the end of the round, other players have the opportunity to draw a new card at the beginning of their turn. And they can either take from the deck or they can take from the cards that you have played. 
So the cards that you, basically the cards that you don't end up playing go up for grabs. Because like you haven't paid attention to your friends. Because you haven't paid attention to those friends. So the cards that you want to stay in your deck, you have to continue using or you risk another player's fort attracting that friend and them <sighs> stealing that card. Ooh. I really love that element because the cards that you are dealt or that you're picking aren't yours forever. Or other cards that are really powerful if another player has a way to score points that doesn't involve that really powerful card, you have the opportunity to snag that card. I like that. Yeah, it's definitely hard as well as the player with the good cards to like keep the cards you want without having to play them every time. It's yeah. so interesting. What was a mechanic that blew your mind? Mine for sure is the made-up rules. <laughs> so the made-up rules, again, are secret objectives that you get during the game that help you win at the end and so <laughs> they're all called really funny things like you've got sleepover which is at the end of the game you score eight points if you have the most cards so like if you have the most friends or there's slime lab so at the end of the game you get one point per book card you have so because there's different suits of the different cards or pizza party which gives you points for how many pizzas you have secret pizza party and a lot of games have this mechanic. Like, it's not something super innovative, but I love the way that they've incorporated it into the theme. Yes. Because it's kind of like at the end of a game when a kid is losing, they can make up a rule so that they win. And this this aspect is not only really great for the theme, but also has won and lost a couple mm -hmm. games. Totally. In the past. It just comes through crazily in the theme of mm -hmm. like... Oh, um, actually, I had a pizza party uh, between games, so that gives me extra points. Yeah, exactly. Or like, oh, well, I invited more friends to my birthday, so I win. I get two points for every friend that I invited, and you get opposite of that. <laughs> or like, well, I made friendship bracelets, so now everybody's my friend, and you don't get any. Like, it's just, it's really all over the place, and I love the way that they've integrated that into the game. Again, it kind of comes down to the way that all of these mechanics fit together is so awesome. There's also one mechanic that isn't particularly mind-blowing, but another hilarious one, which is the macaroni sculpture. So basically, if you build your fort, like, the biggest first, you get this macaroni castle, which has just makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just a great way to give somebody points while, again, sticking with the theme. It's so awesome. The way that Fort integrates its competitive and complex mechanics into the theme is why we believe that Fort should be the last board game standing. John, let me ask you, what mechanic in Castles of Tuscany, you know, really blew our mind, is original, unique, you know, you really, you felt like learning that mechanic. When I look back to when we played the Castles of Burgundy, we were kind of overwhelmed with everything that was going on. And when we played Tuscany, we noticed that it gave a similar experience to Burgundy, but everything was just sort of easier and way more accessible. When you play Tuscany, there seems like there's a lot of components, probably because there's just a lot of tiles. But after one playthrough... You'll get what everything does. You'll figure out the strategy on, you know, what pieces to to try and pull. You'll you'll actually have like a favorite tile you're gonna try to aim for. It makes sense, right? And then Burgundy, Burgundy relies on like dice, which is totally stupid. No one wants to rely on like random throwing dice. Okay, this game relies on 
cards. You draw cards and you play pairs to play your tiles, which is way smarter. Going off Burgundy, it relies on a lot of area being covered to score points, while three is the maximum amount that you will place in Tuscany. Right. And how long was Burgundy? Oh, I don't know. I think that took us like six hours to play, it felt like. Yeah, I don't even think we finished it. It took a long... It took all night, and we played like Tuscany like three times at one night. Yeah, which was awesome. So overall... You know, you get that burgundy experience. The same type of like, oh, there's a million tiles and they they all do different things and you're covering area to get points. But it's at a way faster pace in Tuscany and it's a quicker learning curve. And that blew us away, right? Yeah, that was just like, it was really awesome to see and like bring it to the table and have other people in our group who normally don't play these types of games with us actually sit down and enjoy it and want to play it repeatedly. Right, right. So so technically like it had the mechanics of Burgundy, but simplified them and made them like way better. Mm -hmm. And it had all the same different paths to win, just like Burgundy. So I think that was awesome. You know, are you going to focus on your hand, workers, marble, bonus cards? You know, are you going to try and focus on a specific tile you're trying to collect yeah like the the strategies to win this game can be different for every player and i think that's super cool yeah and i don't know if that's a mechanic i think we totally dodged what mechanic blew our mind but that's okay so (laughs) (laughs) don't vote the 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 grid coverage and hexagon uh, and tile placement was really cool yeah and that was totally not in burgundy (laughs) don't vote it off don't vote tuscany don't vote it off Vote Burgundy off if it's up there. We know it's not, but that's, you should vote off. <laughs> and we're back. So judging by what we heard about Fort and Castles of Tuscany, do you think that those should have been more in the running? Like, would they have won if they were still on the show? Like, would they have stayed? Mm. I, I feel like you and I didn't do a good job of loving the game <laughs> in, in our descriptions. <laughs> So that's probably on us, why it was eliminated round one. I'm just going to say this. I don't care if our game wins. I just want to have fun with it. Right. Right? Like, I'm all about humor and jokes. So, like, I don't even care if our game wins at all. You might I think you're a little more competitive than me, so you probably care. No, I don't really care that much about our game winning. (laughs) I I just like doing what we're doing. Yeah. (laughs) I think for Fort, though, I think what mechanic I like in that game is, I forget what it's called Mm -hmm. now, but where you tuck the cards under in your treehouse. treehouse. The treehouse. And use those, the symbols, to add on to, like, your purchase power if I'm, if I'm correct on how that works it's been a while since i played fort but yeah it, it, it fort's a really good game but but yeah i voted it off last week due to for, for theme right yeah you did so yeah i still wouldn't put pizza in my backpack <laughs> yeah i would have for fort would have stat, would have had a chance during this round because the, the other mechanic i loved in that game was that the cards that you didn't play yeah, um, yeah. go into your front yard and then other people can recruit the cards out of your like you don't you don't see that in other deck building or card games where people are literally calling your deck for yeah. you but but at their benefit right I, yeah um, same thing it's I like the and the, of course I'm all about you know seeing some theme and everything the fact that these other kids can go play with everybody else if you don't want them to come play with you right yeah, yeah I, I totally dug that that mechanism yeah I thought but that I'm mechanism, not sure, I'm not sure Castles of Tuscany would have made it <laughs> no t- Castles <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be honest. I don't think Castles of Tuscany would have made it past theme. To be honest, <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> it would have just because, like, I, I know, I know both of you are championing Merv, and you're saying it doesn't have 
as much theme but i actually think merv has a ton of theme to it like like when oh, you yeah. look at it the wall the way that the mongols attack the mm. walls and like you have the open market and the trading of spices i actually think it's like full of theme whereas like castles of tuscany is like we just have these tiles and you're like oh i'm building a farm why i don't know <laughs> <laughs> i'm doing it i think what helps a lot with merv too is ian o'toole's artwork is is like stellar like yeah. he, the fact that he's able to just with with the colors and the graphic choices the suspension of disbelief that that okay i can kind of buy into the fact that there's this thematic connection with all of these things but again ultimately it's a euro right you mm-hmm. you know no oh, totally i'll is. admit it there's no minis. <laughs> <laughs> there should be. Yeah, well, there should be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so I guess, I guess does it does it change our decision? So I, I actually think Fort, if it was in, would definitely make it past this round. Yeah. I think Aeon's Aeon. I keep saying Aeon's end, but we we discuss this. I'm gonna, I want to go with Aeon's end. Aeon's okay. end. Well, it's Canadian, right? A. A. <laughs> Aeon's end, eh? Come on, eh? Yeah, Aeon's end. <laughs> it's at the hockey rink. That's where you play it. Uh, <laughs> so Fort would have stayed past, and Aeon's end might have been eliminated earlier. And Castles of Tuscany, it's no surprise why it's out. So there we go. Okay. So that leaves us with two games left, which is awesome. But so the two games left are Merv, Heart of the Silk Road, and Rallyman GT. So definitely tune in next week where Girl Meets Nerd will be on that episode to vote the champion. So if you want to check that out, check it out next Friday. Or you can stick around right now and Ryan and Norm from Bridge City Board Gamers are going to turn the table on us and we're going to chat it up a bit. Nice. Yay. Yeah. Woohoo. So what do you guys want to talk about? So Norm totally has no idea what I'm going to say right now. I just have something that I'm spitballing because we're teachers and nice. we just hit summer break. Nice. Yeah. On summer break. So I thought we'd have like a little discussion about, you know, things possibly coming out of quarantine and pandemics are lifting possibly soonish. What are the summertime games that you want to play? Yeah, that's exactly what, what I was going to What games you want to play this summer? Oh, Wow, that's like a million dollar question because we haven't played games <laughs> in a long time. I don't know. For me, I think I just want to tackle like we Matt and I haven't been reaching out to companies and asking for for review copies or whatever. Well, there's been no point for us because right. because if if a company sends us something, right? I basically I'm gonna play it solo. You're gonna play it solo. I th- this is prior to a week ago, right? Which yeah. would be prior to June thirtieth. Thirtieth. Right. Yeah. So we, we couldn't even get together. Right. So it's like a company sends us something and they're like, oh, we want you to review. We want you to play. It's like, well, sorry, like we can't. And yeah. usually like our pattern is I learn the game. Then you then you and whoever else comes over and plays it generally. Yeah. So I think we have one game we have to play for a publisher when we can. So maybe I'll bring that on our official first board game day back. But I think I just want to tackle some of the games we haven't played. So there's like Forgotten Waters. Mm. That's the only one I can think of right now. Actually, Forgotten Waters would be the biggest summertime game, I think, because it it, it plays from like three to six hours. So I think that would be like a great thing. Like, hey, let's get together on a Saturday and this is all we're going to do. Kind of like when we used to do our D&D nights. Right. It'd be super cool to just load that out. And like, this is all we're going to do. We're going to order pizza halfway through, make sure we know the game ahead of time and just do that, you know? That's kind of funny because I threw again, walked into Ryan's room and said, Hey, I got an idea. I, I often would go on the fishing trips with, you know, the guys weekend fishing trips. And I thought, well, why, why doesn't a person do that for board games? Just go, you know, 
rent well, a cabin. Uh, we, we were talking weekend. about that. We and yes, then, we were. Yeah. Oh, sorry, and then just going. yeah, no, because I mean, when when I go fishing with the with the with the guys, it's and some of them are like, yeah, you know, drinking weekend. I'm thinking I can do that at home. I can't fish at five in the morning till the sun goes down right. where I live, right? So for me, it's like, if I'm here, I'm here to fish. So it's that idea of, all right, the moment we get in, you drop your, you drop your stuff into your, where you're sleeping and, and, and one person's responsible for setting up that first game. And, and it's like, we don't stop playing until either if you pass out, right? <laughs> Just have someone flick your ear when it's your turn. And then it's okay. I hate dice, right? And then so yeah, no, I was, that's that's my idea. Norm, what game is it though? Ah, uh, see, <laughs> a million dollar yeah, question, what's the right? First one? Hey, dominant what's the species first game. Dominant, dominant species. species. Yeah, mm. nice. That's mm. super thick and juicy. I that's... mean, what's what's the most social thing you can do after being in quarantine with your friends but devour them and wipe <laughs> them off the face of the planet? <laughs> I, w- I was gonna say another good one is Twilight Imperium. I've I've never played. I've always wanted to play. I know it's a super long game, and that would definitely be that you know lockdown in a cabin. That's all we're gonna do for yep. you know, ten hours. See that that one's my pick because nice. during quarantine, my my the expansion Prophecy of Kings came came in, and that expands the game to eight players. And I want to have a massive eight player like epic, just all day negotiating, backstabbing. Base, spaceship battles going on left right and center like that's that's what i want to do the first one that we get a big game day going nice that sounds amazing have both of you <laughs> did you both of you listen to our show when we had michael from Apex tube on i have not listened to that one. Oh, i haven't I'm he have actually to... talks about twilight imperium and him and his friends play it well they used to play it fairly often prior to the pandemic but they would make yeah. like a it, it would actually be their thing it would be like their saturday thing they would all get together they play it i think he said they are usually it's best if you're only teaching one person uh, the mm-hmm. game because it's so complicated, right? If you if you're teaching everybody, it's just a it's a disaster apparently. Yeah, but I'm probably going to do one of those at our front of the game store. Amazing stories. Nice. I used to do just like there would be it would be like a full like, hey, everybody's new. I'm going to teach everybody the game, and you're, it's like we're all we're day we're all day like 10 a.m. to like supper time type of thing. Nice. And, that oh, sounds like junkies. Yeah. Yeah, if Ryan Zola will turn them into junkies, then he can just put out the call. Yay, yeah. I'm in. Yeah. Well, there, there, there's a guy in our Bridge City Board Gamers Facebook group. He, he during even during the pandemic, when they could actually have some people there, he turned his garage into like a war right. room. And so like all the tables were like six feet apart. And there was little, two, factions, yeah, poker tables, two, factions, yeah. two factions per table, plexi, plexiglass in between. Wow type of thing and if you wanted to take your turn you walked yourself into the middle table where the whole thing was set up he says i'm announcing that this is happening type of thing and then the negotiations are happening back and forth all around everybody's yelling across when, the garage and... <laughs> i just thought that was like epic i was like oh i can't believe i missed that yeah he, sh- he should have filmed it that would have been hilarious <laughs> to watch too <laughs> like a real council meeting you know <laughs> now could could we push this kind of like wish list idea for the summer into this you know if if all rules were off kind of thing sure ultimately and I, and and i think ryan and i've talked about this it's like man we with this community that we've created with the what you've been playing we need to just all meet in one place for a weekend and just just cardboard craze oh you just named the convention <laughs> the cardboard craze. <laughs> You just named sounds it. Sounds like sounds like sounds like a dance too. <laughs> I, B52s, I, man. 
I would love that. I, I would definitely love to like do one of the Canadian conventions or something. I don't know if there's any out in Saskatoon. I don't know what conventions. Well, you never know. We might we might have too much time on our hands. BCB Con or <laughs> well, we used to been playing Con. That'd be kind of cool. We, we before we went into isolation, we would, as Ryan would say, we we'd try to have these smaller events to teach people how to play, and we would call them cardboard retreats. That's yeah, I know, I know. Um, <laughs> you guys are so teachers. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, it's all about it's all about branding, right? Yes, absolutely. But yeah, I mean, I'm all about the idea of like, well, we we got this momentum and this I, small, you know, idea with the cardboard retreat. How can it, it, you know, is it expandable? Can we? Can we pump some, you know, nitrous oxide into this thing and make it rev a little, little faster, or blow the engine up completely? <laughs> but what what games did you end up teaching at the cardboard retreats? Well, we um, had... we did uh, we we yeah. had one that was focused solely on capstone games. Oh, so like awesome. we had all we had like we had like between Norm and I, we have like almost the whole catalog of <laughs> capstone games. So we had we had that one. We did a Stonemeyer. Yeah. day where we just had just Stonemeyer games like we had tapestry scythe wingspan bit of culture going on on that day there's a whole and, bunch uh, of teachers on that one just before iso we had a felduary thing yeah oh, we had wow. we, we were we were doing felduary where we, the entire community we, we had a whole bunch of people bought in that they only were just playing Steffenfeld games for the month of february that's cool so it was, it was crazy it was crazy that it even caught on so so how would that happen like I go to the store, each of you is teaching a different game or are each of you is teaching the same game to two groups? Like how would that? How, how however, like it's, 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 you know, it was totally show, show up and what do you want us to teach you? How do you want to play or what are you interested in? Or yeah, it would just be like tutorials like, kind of thing. Like, like I'm, I'm a freak of nature where I have a, like 300 different rule books in my mind that I can just like pull <laughs> off to my my imaginary shelf in my brain say, okay, I'm teaching this game right now. Let's go. Ryan's a math teacher. He's the evil <laughs> villain from, from uh, Sherlock BBC in season two. You know, the uh, Mer yeah. Moriarty. Is that the, yeah. uh... no, no, the guy with the mind palace where it's like, yeah. Same thing as Sherlock. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that Moriarty or is that someone There's, else? I forget what the, what the, what the character's name is, but yeah, Ryan's got that that evil genius mind palace when it comes to rule books. Nice. That's also why I have, that's why also I have AP during games. <laughs> uh. I'm calculating all, I'm, <laughs> I'm calculating all the permutations and combinations. You're, you're and... thinking, you're thinking back to all the rule books and you're like, which game is this? Like, which strategy can I ring up? <laughs> right. Or I'm just like, Hey, that person played this game that way. I'm going to try to play it that way now. And I'm going to try to incorporate a little bit of Ryan's spice into this mix too. And, <laughs> yeah. be, and then be warned. And yeah. then, then everything backfires because I get the Will Wheaton effect where everybody just gangs up on me no matter what. <laughs> I, I know how that feels. <laughs> that's a, that's a TI4 reference. I think he's pulling off. <laughs> Ryan's getting quiet. What's he doing? He's, uh, he's calculating. Just one. It's yeah. like, what's that bachelor party with Zach Galifianakis? The hangover. The hangover. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Ryan's like that. Just numbers flying across the, the his, his head. Hangover one, hangover Grass, two, hangover three. All of them. <laughs> no, Perfect. that's that's really cool. I actually would recommend the two of you do like teaching at a convention for like some of the board game companies. Because we did that for Mission to Planet Hex and it was awesome. And I would do it again for another company. Unfortunately, we can't go to the States because of the border closure. Mm -hmm. But if I could, <laughs> I would definitely recommend that because you get into the convention for free. You teach all day long. You learn, and then you can like do your own thing, which is pretty. Yeah, because that was that was one thing that I was kind of doing, just like willy nilly. Um, 
right, right before pandemic hit, we went to Falcon in yeah. Calgary. And that's kind of like just kind of what I did was I kind of just wandered around and I'm just like, hey, those folks are playing this game. They they have the little sign that says, hey, we need somebody to teach this game. And I'm like, <laughs> I, sit, I sit down. I'm like, hey, folks, I'm around for Bridge City Board Gamers. We're going to play this game now. And that's like, awesome. Or, or they're, and then, then they look like me they're like, what what's going on? Right now? <laughs> hey, uh, this guy? And that's and that's you he's doing too, this. You, you have you have too much personality for us. Yeah, <laughs> you're freaking us out. Yeah. As I'm looking at Ryan, going, uh, I'm gonna get a coffee. <laughs> yeah, no, that was that Falcon was a cool Calgary Falcon was a great con. Well, I, yeah, convention I guess because it was. Oh yeah, uh, no, a lot had, of open game. Yeah. Nice. yeah, it was it was great. I'd recommend it to anybody who who's out here in the West. Right, right. Is there is there is Shucks in is that one in Vancouver? That's Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that's a big one too. Well, and Terminal City Tabletop Convention is another one in Vancouver that Meeple Dungeon Rob. That's where I first met him. Oh, and, really? Uh, Anne Marie. Yeah. That's awesome. And again, it was about. I would say now Ryan didn't go to that one, but I'd say about the same size as Falcon. There's a few big rooms of of open gaming and 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 publishers, and so yeah, that would be an, definitely another one that I would consider you know participating in when uh, things allow. How so? Yeah, Norm I'm, not, I'm never going to say good. get back to normal. <laughs> yeah, Norm had nothing but good things to say about Terminal City Con, and I was actually like, I'm full steam ahead. I'm going to Terminal City Con, and then COVID. Oh, <laughs> then, yeah. Like I hit, yeah. We, we, we hit, we hit a, we hit a wall, and I was like, like plane tickets are like, I'm at, I'm like, they're right here on my fingertip. I'm just going to push yeah. the button. Oh. The plane tickets are going to be bought. Yeah. And then my I, wife's like, yeah, pause, pause. I had the same issue too. Cause I was actually planning on going to Gen Con 2020 and origins 2020. And I had the hotels booked and everything. And I was like, I was actually preparing all my stuff and like where I was going to be. And of course we're, we're friends with Jim Fitzpatrick from mission to plan hex. So I'm like, when am I going to meet up with him? I was like making plans and then everything just kind of happened. And it was sad because that would have been the first year I would have got media passes to both events because we went to Gen Con before, but I didn't have a media pass. So it was just sort of like a regular schmuck walking around. And then PAX Unplugged, I was too shy to apply for a media pass. And I guess I could have, but oh. I I just kind of like was just trying to check it out because I didn't really know anything about, you know, it's kind of, I'm kind of like a planner. So when I, when I go, I try to learn as much as possible to take it all in to plan how to handle next year. You know what I mean? You're talking to two teachers when you say, I'm kind of a planner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do that professionally. Awesome. <laughs> well, like I, like I said, I was a substitute teacher. I had long terms for yeah. a while. So I think, I, I think it comes with that territory of planning. Like even, even if you're, you can't see it, but I have like a, a one note in front of me that I planned out just like a lesson plan <laughs> <laughs> so that we could, you know, do these things organized. Right. You mentioned packs unplugged. I adore Philadelphia. I have my brother used to live there and I've visited I've spent so much time there and yeah it's it's if I mean as far as destinations go if any, you know if anybody likes going to you know uh, these larger cities yeah Philadelphia by far is spectacular and the food like you probably went to the Reading Market yes Reading Market's attached to the convention center so it yeah, is yeah, yeah. so easy to get and, delicious food and for those who don't know the bit of history is is on the Monopoly board the Reading Railroad it's actually Reading Railroad and that's the Reading Market oh. of the Monopoly board oh that's amazing and I learned another thing today <laughs> and they have <laughs> the you, best Norm. they have the best pork sandwiches there oh I wish yeah. Norm was my teacher back in high school. Let me tell you. 
right? We're going to do a food tour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so convention wise, like going to going to Gen Con and going to PAX Unplugged actually, and PAX South, I actually like PAX Unplugged the most out of all three of those. I've heard many, many good things. Yeah. Many it's, good it's things. It's kind of like, like, Ryan, you said you were walking around. Which con was it? Term, not Terminal Con. Falcon. Falcon. So very similarly, they have the exact same thing. That you can go. You know, they have a board game. All the conventions have a board game library, but they have the same thing where they have like a sign you could put down. It's like looking for people, looking for teachers. It is so cool, and you can and like going from Gen Con and going to that. I felt like Pax Unplugged was completely full, and you couldn't find a table, and everyone was playing games at night. And I'm just like, this is amazing. Yeah, Pax to me sounds like a kind of convention that I'd love to go to with a T-shirt on the back that says "Can't talk playing board games." <laughs> <laughs> yes, and the Pax Unplugged actually comes after Essence Spiel, so all the Essence Spiel games are at Pax Unplugged oh. too. Which is huge because they have they have like a sign up sheet for all the essence spiel stuff that you that isn't out yet, so you can actually like play all of it if you uh, get in line for that. And it's super cool. That would be the torment you could ever do to yourself. I'm gonna play a game that I'm gonna fall in love with that I can't see for another year. <laughs> well, that's that's the trouble of being Canadian. No, no, yeah. No, no. Norm, that's my problem. That's not your problem. That's my problem. <laughs> I can't oh, yeah. have it now. I want it now. <laughs> fear of missing out over there yeah that's or, or the canadian fear of missing out because we i don't i don't think it's a fear of missing out i think it's canadian missing out yeah. <laughs> we just get it later right yeah yeah we just yeah, yeah. Go when, when, whenever whenever a new game is released you just got to stay off social media because all the americans and the uk people they all have it way before we do oh yeah and then we get it they're like oh you canadians are all old news over there <laughs> Waving i know I feel, I feel like i I feel like I get a game. I want to do an unboxing video, but I'm like, for BGG, there's already 50 unboxing videos for this game. <laughs> What's the point? You, you know what? That should be your angle. What's the point? <laughs> and you're like, you just take out the box and you're like, just you just dump it on the table and that's it. And you like turn the camera off. And you're like, What's the point? <laughs> million views, guaranteed. <laughs> Well, here, here's here's the piece of cardboard that if you're watching Meeple University, they, they already talked about this thing. And uh, <laughs> before you play, they're already talking about that thing. So then... <laughs> No one's read no one's read the credits on the yeah. back of the rule book. This, this, is, is, ge- this is a genius. Yeah. I'm gonna, <laughs> like a sarcastic I'm gonna, yeah. unboxing video. Yeah, basically you sit there with a cigarette and an ashtray and go, I'm gonna box this, but uh, in our talk about this, but you know, man versus meeple did it better, so go see them. <laughs> and then, you know, butt out the cigarette. That's actually like the most Canadian thing, right? We're always like, I feel like as Canadians, we're always like, yeah, we're okay, but you should check out this person. Yeah. Or yeah, I'm I'd okay, ju- but you should look at this person. Yeah. yeah. I'd unbox this, but you know, this channel does it better. So hey, you can <laughs> okay. stick around okay. if you want, eh? We 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 have eight weeks off here for the summer. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put I'm gonna put a couple of these together. If you put one together, I will promote yeah. the hell out of it. I will like put it up on all social media. I will try and just spit it on tweets and stuff as much as possible. I'll do it like you once know, a day for like months. If we wanted if we wanted to take this to the maximum, we would just have to do some research on Bob and Doug McKenzie and just <laughs> dress up like them and just do the coffee table session with the Coleman stove right beside it. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say me and John could be Wayne's World, Wayne and Garth, I think. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh. Wait. Hey John, I got this crazy game. <laughs> Living in your parents' basement. <laughs> we gotta go to your parents' basement then. Oh my god. Well we did live in my parents' basement forever. So. Yeah. 
<laughs> my brother still lives in my parents' basement, so that all works out. There you go. Well, and I'm that's Jay campaign in the background. I love, I love, I love all of this thing that we are talking about. This is amazing. They're great ideas. This is what this this community is about. And Ryan's laughing because he's going. Norm will have one done by tomorrow. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna pop a shot of espresso, and I had espresso at eleven, so I figured I got three hours. Oh, jeez. It's like that Mike Myers. It's like that Mike Myers character off of SNL. Or it's like my mom gave me a Coke and a Mars bar, and I, I towed our car all the way home. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, not that, bad. not that bad. <laughs> I know espresso is pretty, uh, pretty intense. So you're gonna be flying off the walls. I think have two no, videos done. Sh- yeah. Just don't smoke well, any cigarettes. I don't think that's a good well, idea. Yeah. <laughs> we can't promote my, that. No, no, no. I get, it'll be just nail biting and just you know. That that no, be it, it would it would end up him flicking the bud and lighting the game on fire. So. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice idea, right? You're full yeah. of man. Yeah, and then uh, and then little Martin Short would come out and be like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And you'd start like then, hammering it with a pillow, like and then like the pillow catches fire, like your house is on fire, but you're still sitting yeah. there like you don't care. Yeah. <laughs> then then they're fine. like, you're like you like recommend like I don't know, someone else does house fires better. Oh my! This is just... Well, if, uh, if yeah, if we're gonna do some themes. Isn't, isn't there Flashpoint? Well, let's talk about Flashpoint while this place is catching fire. <laughs> <laughs> just bringing the meta to another level. Yeah. Oh man! All right, so very, very huge apology for not having you on sooner. Very Canadian apology, and a lot of thank yous for being on our show. We very appreciate you too, and we think it's awesome that you that you did this with us. So thank you for being on. Well, thank yeah, you. no, yeah, thanks, thanks for putting this on. It's been a hoot. Yeah, this is total fun. If you like what you hear, don't forget to follow us on your favorite streaming platform and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. You can check us out on Instagram at Friday Night Games underscore official, Twitter at Friday Night GMS, and always our website Friday Night Games. And again, I'm John. I'm Matt, and it's Friday night, so let's have some fun. Thanks, everyone.